Welcome, sports fans, to the next great podcast around the NFL. It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and I'm a partner with one of my great friends, Bryce Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, if you enjoy, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters. Yeah, today's episode is a little bit different than the rest of them. Um, today, me and Brent are out of town, so we did some interviews. We're not going to talk about any topics today, expects today, because we don't have. So we're just going to go show you guys the interviews that we took. Um, pretty good ones into all of them. Uh, there's going to be two of them on the show today, uh, and two class act guys. Our first interviewee will be fullback from Wisconsin, John Chanel. Welcome, John, to the Latest Catch Podcast. We're extremely excited to have you on. Can't thank you enough. This means more than you know. Yeah, appreciate it. So Thanks, another, Yeah. So another successful season for Wisconsin, a bowl victory against Arizona State. How does it feel to win a bowl game and not only that, but have a bowl game touchdown? Um, I mean, whenever you get a win, it's awesome. And especially when, you know, for a lot of guys, it's the last game of the season. Uh, so that win means even more. Um, and then, you know, getting a touchdown, you know, the opening touchdown, it's it's a great honor for me and my coaches and teammates put me in great position to, uh, you know, to make it happen. So I was happy with that. So not only did you play well in that game, but so did your brother Leo, the Big Ten linebacker of the year, and he just declared for the NFL draft. How much does your brother mean to you? Um, obviously, you know, it's my brother, so I love him. Um, we grew up together, grew up playing football, fighting all that kind of stuff, you know, what you guys are probably going through right now. And, um, you know, whenever it's your brother, it's someone that, you know, you have a special connection with and it's someone that's going to push you to be better. Uh, so having him, you know, having my brother on the same team, it's really allowed me to, you know, push myself to the next level. You know, part of that's competitiveness, part of that's, you know, wanting to get better together. But uh, just having that, you know, that brotherhood, that extra bond is, uh, you know, really special, especially to have in college football. Yeah, that's really rare, being able to play um, with your older brother at college football, especially at a Big Ten school, especially. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine you saw the Low Man Award. I don't know if you've seen that or not, <laughs> presented yeah, by yeah. Barstool or part of my take. Um, can you explain what that award is for, for the people in the audience that don't know? Um, well, from my understanding, the award is you know presented to the greatest college fullback, you know, that exemplifies, you know, what the word speaks of, which is grit, you know, and termination. And, you know, the low man doesn't always get like the recognition, you know, of, you know, the bigger awards. So um, (laughs) that was kind of a cool little honor I got from them. Um, And, you know, it's kind of, kind of crazy to have that kind of award. So uh, I was pretty pumped about it. Um, Yeah. So in that video, you were shouted out by a couple of great fullbacks, um, including, Lorenzo Neal how does that uh, recognition feel um you know Lorenzo Neal uh you know 16 years in the NFL in the 2000s all decade team you're talking one of the you know the greatest to ever do it uh at the fullback position and you know you can watch his videos he's a guy that has that relentless effort and gonna get the job done no matter what so you know uh getting that recognition from him was truly a major honor um for me uh, you know, because one a guy you kind of idolize growing up is, you know, playing fullback. It's not an easy position, but um, I think he, you know, symbolizes everything that a great fullback would want to be or should be. 
yeah, you mentioned that fullback isn't an easy position. And, you know, often the fullback is forgotten in many offenses. Um, can you explain why fullback should not be forgotten and why it's one of the most important positions on the offense? Um, I mean, obviously, certain things work for certain teams. Uh, and fullback, you know, in the olden days of football, that's it was, an, it was a must. It was a necessity to have fullback. Uh, so having seen those teams, you know, the few teams there are now, run fullback uh it's it's really fun to watch because it's a whole nother level of you know getting down in the dirt and you know playing uh tough football and gritty football right in the trenches and so that's something you know i've i was uh privileged to play at wisconsin where we utilize the fullback a lot a lot of schools don't but uh i think it's you know it's entertaining i think it's um you know everything you look for when you're watching a football game you know rough and tough kind of play so now you're a senior and you had a pretty great college career at this point. Uh, you have a total of six career touchdowns. If you had played your final game at Wisconsin, what would be one of your favorite moments? Um, let's see. There's I got a lot of uh, great moments. Uh, I would go back to 2000. It was either 18 or 19, but we played Purdue at Purdue. And uh, they went to like, I don't know how many overtimes, two, three, four overtimes. Uh, it was with Jonathan Taylor. And uh, I was only playing special teams at the time. Seeing that kind of, you know, selfless, relentless effort that JT had, it was, you know, it's inspiring to see as a young guy. And uh, it's, it's like, well, if this guy holds himself to this high of standard, you know, he's going to achieve great things. And so, you know, he ended up winning the game by like an eight-yard rushing touchdown. It was just a great time with the uh, – my teammates and coaches and we were celebrating and uh it was it was great and uh you know another one would probably be my first ever touchdown uh against michigan it was uh, at home um which made it even more special my family was all there uh it was a great moment for me um and you know it's it's pretty exciting when you when you cross the goal line in college football and i that's something i had obviously never done before so it was it's pretty sweet now you did mention jonathan taylor he was a great running back at wisconsin during his time and now you guys got a great uh, running back for the future. You got to lead block for a freshman All-American this year. How special is running back Braylon Edwards, and what makes him so different from any other ordinary college running backs? Yeah, uh, no, Braylon, you know, right away when he stepped on campus, you could tell he was, he was something special. Um, and it didn't, it didn't just happen that he walked down the field and was a great player. And we knew he was going to be great because of how he approached every day. You know, every practice, every meeting, he approached in a way that was, you know, very much, you know, overcast by his age. Like his age did not reflect, you know, his preparation, the effort and attentiveness to detail that he put in on a daily basis. And so I think that's where he really separated himself, you know, from a lot of running backs in the country is he wins off the field before he even plays the game. Um, and he obviously takes care of his body. You know, he's a he's a freak of nature, really. So, um you know, every, he does everything right off the field. And so, and he makes it, you know, whenever you have a great back like that, that is great balance and reads the blocks correctly, it makes your job really easy as a lead blocker. Yeah. So now we're going to switch the topic just a little bit uh, to the, with the pandemic college athletes have been given a chance to have an extra year. Uh, it's called the COVID year. Um, are yeah. you going to take advantage of that or are you going to continue uh, like your brother into the draft process or what does the future look like? Um, well, actually, you know, it was a few minutes ago, I just uh, publicly declared for the draft. So, um, Congrats. 
Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, go for it right there, put all my chips in, um, you know, and start training uh, now. So I'm really looking forward to that in the next step. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, I read something about the Grit Factory hat. How did that come about? Um, so Colin Wilder is, you know, a senior on our team, a huge major contributor on defense. He's a safety. Uh, him and one of our former quarterbacks kind of got together and brought about the brick grit factory. And, uh, there's probably a video on this, but, uh, basically last fall, um, they, they created a Twitter page and we're recognizing, you know, the grittiest moments across the country. And, um, you know, in one of the later games, uh, he was always preaching grit, you know, he was a great leader and always spoke in front of the team and he spoke about grit and tenacity and toughness. And so the grit factory hat, uh, he came up with it and, uh, you know, he trademarked it, which is great for him. Uh, but really, uh, one guy made a play, I think it was Nick Herbig and Colin, uh, had written with Sharpie grit factory on a hat and put it right on him. And it kind of became a thing on our sideline, uh, you know, the grit factory, which is, which is Wisconsin, um, you know, and just, priding ourselves in, you know, being the, being the team that, uh, you know, does, doesn't always do the pretty work, but it gets the job done, uh, you know, by whatever means possible. Uh, so I think that's kind of, um, the grit factory and what it exemplifies. Now, John, this will be our last question for you. We ask every athlete we interview this, what advice would you give to a student athlete looking to continue their sports career after high school going on to college? I, I mean, I would just say you have to be the same person. I kind of spoke about it when I was talking about Braylon. You have to be the same person off the field as you are on the field. You have to you have to win in the classroom. You have to win at home during free time. Am I gonna am I gonna sit and play video games for hours, or am I gonna you know get outside and run some drills or learn the proper technique or you know what am I doing? in my free time to become better at my craft or how am I going to perfect my craft in my free time? So most of what makes a great player great is not on the field. That's only a small portion of what, what makes him great. He's it's all the hours of preparation and the blood, sweat and tears that he puts in, you know, before the time, before uh, the game time, you know, in the weight room and the film study, uh, that's what separates a lot of, a lot of people at the NFL and, you know, even college level. So I, th I think if you're looking to, you know, make it in college football, I think you just have to be a very, very attentive to detail and very willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And it's, it's not always pretty and it's not always easy. I mean, it's hardly, hardly ever easy. But, you know, I think the more work you put in, the more satisfied you'll be at the result of it, for sure. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the draft. Hopefully that goes well for you. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that was the interview with Wisconsin fullback John Chanel. Um, can't thank him enough for coming on to the show today. I know we say that a lot, but they don't really know what this means for us and to our podcast. Um, they're helping us try to get this thing bigger, so we just thank them every time we get a chance to. Uh, but now, with that being said, we're going to move on into our second interview of the day with Baylor cornerback Mark Milton. Welcome, Mark, to the Latest Catch podcast. We're extremely excited to have you on. Can't thank you enough, so why not? Let's do this thing. 
Appreciate you having me. First off, what a season that you guys had. Baylor finished with a 12-2 and record. A top, they were a top 25 program and a Sugar Bowl victory. Um, how has your time been at Baylor, and how does it feel to be on a team that won a bowl game? Uh, my time at Baylor has been pretty good. You know, I came under Matt Rule. Um, my first year at Baylor, it was Rule's second year. So, you know, we won um, our first bowl game under Rule in my hometown, Houston. Um, and then the next year we went on our little run and we were back at the championship, lost the championship, back at the Sugar Bowl, lost the Sugar Bowl. You know, then the year goes by, COVID year, get Coach Aranda, great coach, learn a new defense, new technique, all that good stuff. Um, that year didn't go as planned, but, you know, it was it was a real good experience, you know, getting the, the time, and then you get the year back. You get the you get to start a few games, play play real good in those games. Then this upcoming year, you know, didn't start off as well as I wanted it to. You know, had a few injuries, a few setbacks during camp that kind of carried on through. Didn't really start getting my feet wet until the um, the game before the OU the the game before the OU game or the OU game. And that's when I really, you know, from there, I just started getting better and better and picking up as I was getting healthy. But um, winning the playoff, winning the um, the Big 12 championship, that that right there, man, right as, as it hit zero, started crying, all that good stuff. It was it was good to see. Felt good to see, like, all the people that I came in with, all the trials and tribulations that we went through. And now that we, we achieved what we said we was going to achieve, like, when we got there that summer, we were like, Bro, we're going to take over the Big 12. Like, we're going to win the Big 12. And we did it. And then to go to the – go to the um, go to our bowl game and uh, and go and, and, and perform how we did, shut out, shut out basically on defense. Like, we did really good on defense. And then the offense comes and they, they finish it out for us. Man, it just felt great. And then seeing my boys declare, it's just – I can't do nothing but be proud of them because, I mean – We've literally sat down and watched each other grow from like when we were little, like like kids. Like we came out when we got to college, we were we were grown, but we were still kids. And to see them grow into what they've grown to feels feel so good. And then just knowing that one day I'm gonna be up there with them, and we all gonna be back together, reminiscing about all the the workouts we had, all that stuff. And it just feels great. Absolutely, man. And you touched on how. Um, good your team was this year but the year before you guys went two and five mm-hmm. but it was so it was a complete turnaround how much has the culture changed what do you mean culture has changed like how much has the team changed and from the year you guys went two and five to now this year where you guys make a sugar bowl and get the victory there oh well the first year you a lot of people felt like they don't really realize that you know coach Renda he did a lot of First off, the games that we were losing, it wasn't like we were, like, getting blown out, really. Some of them may have, but some of them were, like, in times, you know, we had it. You know what I mean? It just didn't go in our favor. But Coach Aranda did a lot of – he did a lot of things that I feel like a lot of coaches wouldn't have been able to do. He came in and then under a circumstance that, you know what I mean, it it was COVID. So we would would practice a whole week, and you'd get to Thursday practice – and half of your starters are out. And then maybe their backups are out too. So now 
you're playing with threes and fours that don't know the defense as well because, you know, or offense as well because, you know, when when he got there, you know, we, we, we did a little bit of spring ball and then, you know, we had spring break and then, bam, we didn't come back until the season was basically there. So, you know, everybody's learning new things and, you know, they're trying to get acclimated to the new culture because, you know, once you get a new head coach, it's a completely different culture. So, you know, they're, they're preaching different things. So now you, you got to have the new guys buy in, which is easier for the new guys to buy in because they're all new to it. But then you got, you know, you got your vets that have been there for such and such that have, that bought into that old system. And, you know, we just came off of success with that old system. So it's like, why change up the, the culture if we know that's how you win? So, you know, we just had to have the vets uh, like myself and Terrell and Petrie and all them, you know, buy in to it to where now, all right, now now they see that, okay, we could win, we could win, which I felt like this year was the year, you know, everybody was basically bought in on all all Rams coaching staff, players, everybody was bought into, all right, we can win if we follow the footsteps, if we follow what Coach Aranda is telling us to do. And we're going to win, and we're going to win the right way. We don't have to be flashy. We don't have to, you know, show our tail, get 15-yard penalties. You know, we don't have to We don't have to try to be bullies and all that stuff. We'll let, the, we'll let our game speak for us. You know what I mean? And that's how Coach Aranda wants to win. Um, it's not a whole bunch of showboating and all that. It's we're going to beat you up front. We're going to work harder than you. The days that you're sleeping, we're working. So when we get to those situations, we've already done it a million times, and it just comes to nature to us. And we don't have to sit here and tell you this is what we're going to do. We're just going to show you what we're going to do, and there's nothing you can really do about it because we've put in that time, we've put in that work to do it. Yeah, and you mentioned Coach Aranda. I mean, that's got to be a hectic first year during the COVID situation. That I mean, people – forget that last year was just so chaotic that you can't really take a team for what it's worth because of their record, just because of how different that year was. So just because you're not the best last year doesn't mean that you just, it was a tough year for a new coach. So we're going to go into your high school career now. Um, you attended Clearbrook High School in Texas. Um, you played both sides of the ball. You were highly recruited. What made you choose Baylor over teams like Missouri, Virginia, and Minnesota? Um. I liked the fact that it was close. It was close to home, which I've always wanted to. Um, I always wanted to leave the state. To be honest, I always tell my parents, you know, you know, soak in everything you can right now because as soon as I graduate, I'm leaving Texas. Um, but with my old coach, my old coach, um, Coach Fran, Fran Brown, he's at. Um, He's at the Rutgers now. He's a DB coach at the Rutgers. I really like the way he, he uh, coached and how he uh, approached the game. And um, I really wanted to be coached under him, and I liked Coach Aranda. And then, I mean, I liked Coach Rule, and and I liked the culture that he was bringing to Baylor when they were rebuilding. And um, every time that I would I would go up there and – because, you know, it's so close that I could go up there and do, like, unofficial visits and just – just, just see the, see everything, and every time I came, they're like, "When are you gonna commit? When are you gonna commit?" And they, you know, they were always texting me, et cetera, et cetera. And it just got harder and harder for me to leave Baylor and not be like, "Yeah, I, all right, I'm committing," because it just felt like home. It felt like family. 
and it just I, I was like all right and once once I told my parents you know this is the place I wanted to be they didn't even try to try to um be like oh are you sure are you sure they were like hey you're staying in Texas you're about to save us a whole lot of money because no anywhere I go there they knew for a fact even if they had to go bankrupt they're going to come to the games so they were like you're saving us a lot of money and it's right down the street if you ever need anything you could it, it it ain't it, it's it ain't even a one day trip to go down and back. That's six hours. They can do that every day of the week, which can't, comes in handy because I I got a dog when I was in fre- when I was a freshman. So whenever I like like now I'm in Iowa right now with my girlfriend. They have my dog. It was just a three hour drive to go drop her off. Three hour drive back. That was nothing. So you've been a Baylor now for a couple of years. You're a junior. Can you take me back to your sophomore season when you made your first career start against West Virginia? What were the nerves like going into that game? Um, I actually been here uh, this year was my fourth year. Now on the field, I'm a junior, or on the field, I'm a sophomore. Or on the field, I'm a junior. Yeah, but this is my this was my fourth season. So the other two seasons, you know, I played a little bit. You know, the the new rule when I was a freshman was you could play in four games and you could still, you know, what I mean, not burn burn a um you 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 could play in four games and not burn eligibility so my freshman year I, I played in four games and then just special teams not on defense then the next year I played a little bit I played a little bit of defense a little bit of defense I was the number four cornerback then last year I became the number three quarterback cornerback and the third cornerback off of the bench and Playing in that game, it was, it was, it was, it, it just it felt good because you know my whole life I've been playing football, and those past two years were the longest I went without just you know fully playing in all the games. You know it's a new feeling, um, but playing in that game it felt real good. Um, it like to get back to all right, I can I can still do this. You know what I mean? Because what a lot of people don't don't realize is. Back in um, back in high school, I played I played a little bit of DB my senior year, but my junior and uh, sophomore and freshman year, well freshman year I played both sides too, but my sophomore and junior year when I was on varsity I was basically strictly offense. I'd go over the defense sometimes and play like some safety a little bit, but I was strictly offense. So when I got to college. That was my first year, you know, really getting taught the technique, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I'm 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 sitting back and watching the older guys and how they do it. And then the next year, the next year I get a I get a different coach and we're sort of kind of doing the same technique, but it's still a little bit new. You know what I mean? Two years in, you're just going off of your talent at this point and then learning the technique. And then comes Last year, I'm learning a whole new technique, whole new defense, and you know, working with it from there. And then you come this year, got a whole new another position coach. So I'm on my fourth position coach since I've been here, and completely different technique. Um, defense is sort of kind of the same. We added a few new things, um, and then on top of that, when we when we got the new coach and got the new technique. I also I had surgery in January, so I didn't do spring ball. So 
everybody else was getting a head start on, you know, learning the technique and stuff. So when we got back and it was time for camp, that was really my time that I was learning the technique, et cetera, et cetera. As you said, um, you're, over the course of your career, you started to see more time, more playing time. Um, but along with that, you had to learn different defenses and different techniques of how much off the field works work goes into developing as a player and how much of it is on the field, especially at a power five school like Bill? Um, most of it, a lot of it um, is off the field, um, sitting down with the coaches and like just learning the aspect of it because the more that you know, more that you know, the faster you play. So it, the technique is half of, not even half of the battle, half of the 75% of the battle is knowing it and being able to understand what you're saying so then you can apply the technique then you go and you learn the technique because you know in a perfect world your technique's always going right but at the end of the day things happen come at you fast and you might not be able to do the right technique but you know what you're supposed to get done so for instance if i'm in a defense and i have post help i might not do the right technique at the at the at the beginning of the ball I mean, at the beginning of the play, but as long as I'm pushing that receiver towards my help, I understand I have help right there. So if I'm pushing him to, to my help, I can still make the play and make sure I get the stuff done. But I won't know that unless I make sure that I understand the defense at the beginning. You know what I mean? So the, the technique part is 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 a big is a big piece, but the bigger piece is understanding what the defense is trying to get done and where your help is and all those other things. Yeah. And we kind of brought up, you know, how Baylor's a power five school and you guys get to play a lot of very good teams, which leads to, you know, some great games. One in particular, as everyone probably remembers is the great game between your Baylor bears and Oklahoma state this past year that went down to the last play and your defense came up with a stop at the one yard line, preventing a touchdown. How was the locker room after that wild finish? Oh, it was it was crazy. Um, a lot of emotions, a lot of tears. Uh, just knowing that we we did what we said we were gonna do at the beginning of the season. You know, coming before going into the season, you know, there was a lot of work being put in, a lot of a lot of getting beat down to a pulp and rebuilding ourselves, and then it all paid off at the end. So. Once that happened, we were just like, man, we we knew what what we could do, and we did it. Definitely with the setbacks that we were having, you know, with Gary, all that other stuff, and we were still able to get done what we needed to get done. Yeah, I'm sure that locker room had to be had to be something to something to be there to be able to really kind of describe what that emotion was like. Um, we're gonna go to you personally now, though. Um, one of the toughest positions to play on a football field is corner. Um, what do you feel are the strong points of your own game? Um, what do you mean? Like, what do you think you're best at on the field as a corner? Oh, I'm definitely a thinker. So I think my best thing I bring is that I'm able to see things that um, I'm really, really specific on details. So I – like, say if there's, like, a small thing, like, if we go throughout the week and coach is like, hey, they only ran this play this many times, but when they get in this formation, this is a play you're going to get. 
and he may go over that one time throughout the whole week. We get in the game. I see that formation. I'm yelling it out. I already know it's coming. I think that's my best attribute because I can. I'm able to see like, all right, I remember this. I remember that because I study it so much that it's like it just becomes second nature. And then you watch enough film where you're like, all right, all right, they tend to do this. They tend to do that. Like for instance, the first, the first uh, pass that um, in the OU OSU game in the championship. Whenever they threw an out, it was on me. He threw an out route, but I was – when I saw that formation, when they got in that formation, their number one thing was, number one, the spacing between one and two was wide. So whenever whenever it was like that, number two would run a slant, and we were in cover three. So I'm supposed to be outside leverage. So I stayed – I started off outside leverage, and I let them take my, my leverage – because I'm thinking, oh, Blade is coming. Blade is double slants. So I'm thinking, Blade is coming. I'm in cover three. He's going to throw it. I was going to jump it, and I was going to be pick six. But I wasn't thinking it was third down. So since I was inside leverage and it was third down, he runs an out route. And he makes an out route, and he gets a conversion. But it's stuff like that that – I pay attention to to where I'll be able to play even faster. So another attribute to your game that is displayed is definitely speed. We found that you ran track your freshman year at Baylor. Was it difficult to being like a two-sport athlete at the time? Um, the only difficult part was the fact that I kept losing weight. I, you know, man, we would go from track practice. And after track practice, we go straight to football practice. And, you know, having your weight is a big thing in the offseason. You're supposed to be gaining weight, not losing weight. And I was dang there back to my high school weight because I was running so much. And we had basically all of our corners were running track. So we would come from track practice and they would hold football practice for us to get ready. And then we'd go to football practice and have a whole nother practice. And I was just losing weight, losing weight. But it was fun. If there was a way that I could keep the weight on, I'd probably still be doing it. Yeah, man, looking at the times that you clocked in at, those numbers seem pretty insane. Uh, you ran a 10.5-second 100-meter dash, which finished you fourth in the Baylor Invitational. Um, now, a little side question here. What do you think – What? when was the last time you ran a 40-yard dash, and do you remember the time that you had on that? Oh, man, the last laser one that I had was in was my freshman year of high school and I ran a four four eight. Other than that, all the other ones have been hand time and they've been four fours and stuff like that. But I feel like I didn't got faster since then. Um but we have to wait to see until we do another laser one because we haven't we haven't done any laser over there. It's always hand time, which I don't like saying my hand times because you know those are all whoever does it, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's weird, but I, I only I only go off my laser times, and my best laser time was a 4.48 when I was a freshman in high school. We have, like, these GPSs that track us, and I've ran 22 miles per hour, I can tell you that. What advice would you give to a student athlete looking to continue their sports career after high school going on to college? It's going to sound real cliche, but um, if you put in the work, and you put in enough work, Everything else will take care of itself. Um, 
you your first impression that you make on people, make sure that's a good one because they're always going to remember you off of that first impression. And always, always, you want to always be the person that people remember as positive. You never want to be a negative, you know what I mean? Um, and always show respect to people because you never know. They might, they might leave wherever you're at, and then you never know who knows who. So if you leave a good impression, they may be the reason you get that scholarship. Their, their, their um, credibility may get you where you need to be, so you never know. All right, thank you, Mark, for devoting your time and coming onto the podcast. It means the world, man. We want to wish you the best of luck, and hopefully we can do this thing again. No problem. Appreciate y'all for having me. Anytime. Later. All right, everybody, that was our second interview of the day. We want to thank everybody who listened. We want to thank John Chanel of Wisconsin and Baylor cornerback Mark Milton. We cannot thank them enough, for real. It means the world. Yeah, and I know today's episode wasn't most, wasn't uh, about this weekend's games, but next week we are going to have some banger episodes. Let me tell you, these are this next coming week is going to be one of the most important weeks of the season, playoff picture. Um, the playoff games will be out, so we'll be able to uh, break down those. Uh, so next Wednesday will be our ne- next episode. We'll talk about the playoffs, playoffs games, um, and the games over this weekend. So we'll catch you on Wednesday.